0: Hello and welcome to the latest Funds Fan podcast. I'm Kyle Caldwell, the Collectives Editor at Interactive Investor. Coming up on the podcast is, as usual, a fund manager interview. And for this episode, I spoke to Jeff Atherton, who is fund manager of Man GLG Japan Core Alpha. But before we get to that, I'm joined by co-host Sam Benstead, Deputy Collectives Editor at Interactive Investor to run through a couple of news stories related to funds and investment trusts. So Sam, it's been a very eventful first quarter of the year for investors, so I thought it'd be worth us taking a step back and running through a couple of the main trends and talking points. So let's start off with performance. It was a first quarter in which there were not that many fund winners. In fact, only four of the 58 fund sectors produced positive returns in the first quarter, and it was two adventurous fund sectors that led the way, Latin America and commodity slash natural resources, with average returns of 28% and 17%. For investment trusts, more sectors made gains, 15 out of 49, although most of those gains they've retained less than 2%. The stars of the show were Latin America. The average trust was up just under 23% and commodities and natural resources again, which was up 20%. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has dampened investor sentiment and other headwinds investors have been contending with in the first three months of the year are inflation rising at its fastest pace in over 30 years and increases in interest rates. Each has influenced the performance of stock markets, which is fed through to the performance of collective investments. In terms of the winners, Sam, there seems to be a growing consensus that natural resources could turn out to be the best investment of 2022.
1: Yeah, that's right. So inflation is being driven higher by rising commodity prices. And this is actually expected to get worse before it gets better. Energy prices are already noticeably higher and will go up again in the UK in autumn when the price cap increases. Food prices will also shoot up as supply shortages due to the war in Ukraine begin to bite. This is bad news for almost everybody except for mining and oil stocks, which make higher profits when raw material prices increase. Therefore, Bank of America has made oil its highest conviction bet this year. It said that rising oil prices would be good for oil stocks and that shares were cheap in the sector and under-owned due to ethical investment considerations. Moving back to the fund and investment trust data that you ran through, Kyle. While there were a high number of investment trust sectors that made a positive return, one interesting thing was that similarly managed funds held up better than trusts.
0: That's correct, Sam. Just to give a couple of examples, the, the average UK all-companies funds in the first quarter lost 5.9% versus a 12.9% decline for the equivalent investment trust sector. And there was a similar gap for global strategies. The average global fund declined by 5.2% versus a loss of 11.4% for the average global trust. And the key reason why trusts have underperformed over this short time period is due to their ability to use gearing, which is borrowing to invest. Gearing magnifies losses as well as gains, and this causes a gear trust to drop more than a similarly managed open end of funds when markets fall. But conversely, when markets rise, they tend to rise more when markets go up. Recent Interactive Investor analysis of 12 pairs of similarly managed investment trusts and funds showed that over one month and three months, funds were the better performers. Do check out the article which was written by Sam on ii.co.uk. We're now going to move on to a big concern of some bond investors, and that is a potential recession becoming more likely. Sam, could you talk us through this? So one closely watched market indicator has been flashing red. The yield
1: curve inverted recently, meaning that investors were demanding a higher interest rate from shorter duration US government bonds than longer duration ones. Typically, investors demand a greater return if they are tying up their money for a longer period. However, when longer-dated bonds yield less than shorter ones, it is taken as a sign by markets that a recession is coming and interest rates will have to come back down to restart the economy. The worry is that high inflation will impact consumer spending and rising interest rates will slow down the economy too much. In fact, as per Bank of America's latest fund manager survey, professional investors have never been so worried about a global growth slowdown.
0: So what are the potential options, Sam, for investors to build some extra protection into portfolios in the event of a recession occurring?
1: There are many ways to invest during a recession, but every economic crash is different to the last and there is no silver bullet. Gold funds are considered a good hedge against an economic slowdown as a capital preservation trust, such as capital gearing or personal assets. Infrastructure funds can also be relied upon to pay dividends. Another option, which may seem counterintuitive, is to buy the biggest technology stocks. They don't have expensive input costs and can keep growing even as the economy slows down.
0: All very good points, Sam. I agree. I think if there is a recession, then the big technology stocks will likely fare well. Quality growth shares, which includes the likes of Apple, Microsoft and Alphabet, they generate high and reliable profits. And in a recession, the likelihood is that these companies are going to continue making a lot of money so it wouldn't surprise me to see investors turn to these big tech shares which would bid up their share prices. Of course, rather than trying to time the market, it's more prudent for investors to ensure that they have a portfolio that can withstand an economic recession. This means having a portfolio that includes assets that should do well during economic growth and some that will do better during a recession. As is usually the case with investing, diversification is key. We're now going to move on to gold and bonds two asset classes that many investors would view as sensible long-term investments as part of a diversified portfolio. But at the moment, one is proving to be much more popular than the other, with gold being firmly in favour and bonds being sold heavily by fund investors. Sam, could you run through why investors, particularly via exchange-traded funds, ETFs, have been attracted to gold?
1: Sure. There are two reasons investors buy gold. The first is to protect against inflation. The thinking goes that because the gold supply is relatively fixed, its price will rise as more money flows around the economy. It holds its value when fiat and currency loses its. The other reason is to protect against disaster. Gold rose sharply in February when the war started as investors sought a safe haven. One thing to be wary of, however, is that gold tends to be inversely correlated with interest rates. As rates go up, the appeal of gold goes down as it does not pay any income. With rates heading higher, this may become a drag on the gold price.
0: While inflation is a tailwind for gold, it has the opposite effect for bonds. Inflation is a bond's worst enemy as it erodes the purchasing power of the income that investors are paid. In short, inflation makes the repayments received by bonds less valuable. When inflation is high, holders of long-dated bonds suffer the most as this part of the market is most sensitive to interest rate changes. As a result, Longer-dated bond prices fall more heavily than bonds with a shorter lifespan. That is those that are just a couple of years away from maturity. As a result, investors have been dumping bond funds. In February, 2.5 billion was withdrawn from all funds. And of that amount, 2.4 billion, so the vast majority, was investors selling bond funds. Our fund manager interview is Jeff Atherton, who manages the MAN GLG Japan Core Alpha Fund. Jeff, thank you for coming on the podcast. So Jeff, could you firstly run through how the fund invests and why you adopt a value style investment approach?
2: Sure. Well, basically, we operate the same way as we have been doing for the last 16 years since Core Alpha was launched in 2006. We take very much a contrarian and value approach to the market. We want to buy Good quality stocks that are um, out of fashion, they've been underperforming the market, they're depressed um, compared to their normal valuation ranges and where we think there's something of a story, which means that those stocks can mean revert back to the levels that they normally trade at. So it's really a question of sort of going against the herd. We want to take advantage of greed and fear, which is always a a factor in stock markets and, and basically people get too fearful at the bottom, and they get too greedy at the top. And, and what we're trying to do is quite simply buy low and sell high. And it's something that I think Japan has, uh, has rewarded over, over a long period of time. If you look at the last 30 or 40 years, Japan has tended to be a value market. That has not been true more recently until 2021. And I think um, super low interest rates and quantitative easing were were a factor in in the revaluation of growth companies, which which made value companies out of favour. But um, that does look like it's been changing in the last fifteen or eighteen months. And um, yes, we hope and expect, or certainly hope, that value investing comes back to the front of Japan.
0: And what are your thoughts on the market rotation that's been playing out over the past couple of months? And will value shares continue to have the upper hand over growth shares for the rest of this year?
2: Well, we hope so. I mean, yes. I mean, 2022 has started very well. I think we had a, a good performance last year too. And, and I think interest rates are quite critical to this. Rising bond yields and rising interest rates, which we can see around the world, have tended to be helpful to value investing. And they've been also detrimental to the growth stocks. So that's really what's been happening. It's, it's very much driven by rising bond yields, which of course reflects rising inflation. And unless you see that pattern changing in the short term, then obviously we're optimistic that this to happen for the rest of 2022.
0: The Topics Index, it's down just under 6% year to date. So what are the main reasons why that index has had a sluggish start of the year?
2: Yeah, I think it's been tricky for a number of markets around the world. Obviously, you've got the situation in Ukraine, which doesn't help, and and, and the feeling that um, it's going to impact global growth. Japan is quite sensitive to global growth, and it's quite a manufacturing and industrial market. There's obviously a lot of cost pressures from rising raw material and energy costs, for example. And I think maybe also China has been a little bit of a problem this year. And Japan seems to be quite linked to China, you know, with the COVID lockdowns, for example, in Shanghai. So I think there's a couple of short term reasons why topics has been a little bit disappointing so far this year.
0: In terms of sectors, the largest weighting in the funds is to transportation equipment. Why is it that you like that sector? And could you name a couple of stock examples?
2: Yeah, well, the transport equipment sector in Japan is basically the auto industry, which is one of Japan's biggest and most successful industries historically. And we think it contains some of the sort of really finest companies in Japan. And what's been happening, of course, is with Tesla and the shift to electric vehicles is that the um, whole global auto industry has been under pressure to try and match Tesla. Uh, We think the Japanese are very well placed and we think they're particularly strong in hybrid, for example. And we have many stocks in the sector. It is our biggest position. I think a couple of names that we're particularly keen on at the moment, are Subaru and Mazda, Uh, they're smaller niche names. And I think they've particularly got Good brand value, Subaru, for example, is something that's been increasing market share in the US for many years, and has a real good niche in, in, in four wheel drive. And uh, I think Mazda is also getting better in terms of its um, appraisal. So yes, I think the the good you know niche names they've been depressed compared to history, like a lot of auto names, and um, they're also going to benefit from a weak yen.
0: The fund focuses on large cap stocks. I read that one of the reasons why is predicated on the view that small cap outperformance is unsustainable. Could you run through why you believe that to be the case?
2: I think rather than saying it's unsustainable, I think one of the things that we've pointed out over the years is that a lot of fund managers have been focusing on small or mid caps in Japan. It's not just Japan, but maybe particularly Japan. And you know, we think that a lot of a lot of the money is is invested there and, and that means it's kind of vulnerable to being withdrawn if something goes wrong and liquidity is not too great. So so one of the things that's you know that's getting better over the last two or three years is the large cap stocks are performing better against small caps. And we think that puts pressure on man- managers that are overweight, small caps, and maybe that's going to make them sort of rethink a bit. So, you know, the last few years, being a large cap fund has been quite contrarian. And I think it's benefiting us. And I think it will make small cap performance more difficult from here on.
0: And for someone who's considering investing in Japan at this moment in time, what would be your elevator pitch?
2: I think what's happening in Japan in terms of the corporate governance movement is is quite unique. And that's the thing that I would try and Get people to focus on. They, you know, Japanese management for many years has not been focusing on shareholder returns, and now they're under a lot of increasing pressure to do so. And that's creating a lot of value opportunities. And um, that improvement in in things like return on equity is very important in driving share prices. So I think that movement is unique to Japan, and I think that is something that's underappreciated, and that we believe is going to be very important for many years going forward. So that that's I think the the unique attraction of Japan at the
0: moment. And what would you say is the main risk of investing in Japan?
2: I, you know, I think historically um, it's been a fairly cyclical market and it has been vulnerable to global growth and it's also perhaps got a shortage of technologies, particularly software names compared to for example the US. I think that's the the main risk is it kind of remains out of fashion which it certainly is at the moment. But I think yeah, I mean overall, you know, we if you consider the the valuation against history and, and you know, many markets in the world are quite elevated against history, and Japan's actually quite depressed against its history. So yeah, we, we, we see at the moment the
0: risk-reward to be quite attractive. And finally, a question that we ask all four managers that we interview, do you personally invest in the funds that you manage?
2: Yes, I've got a, a significant uh, amount of money in the fund, which I've had for some time. I also, as part of my remuneration package, I, I get some of my benefit is, is is basically invested in the fund every year. So yes, I've got I've got a significant holding in the fund.
0: That's all we have time for for today. Do check out ii.co.uk for our analysis on funds, investment trusts, and ETFs. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do give us a like, and there's also an option to subscribe. We'll be back in May.